going to hit record. All right. So hi, everyone. Welcome to Gray Area. I'm Rob Engel. And today I'm very excited because we have French DJ and producer Oracles with us. Oracles, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. I'm very happy. Hi, guys. Yeah, and Oracle's very excited to kind of have this conversation with you today for a number of reasons. You know, Gray Area is a publication and initiative that is really focusing on uniting the various pieces of the house music community and exposing people to new artists. And you are kind of like the embodiment of somebody who's breaking different barriers in terms of genre. So very excited to speak with you for that reason. But then secondly, you know, as I was digging into your background and learning a little bit more about you, and as we were kind of just chatting, you have a pretty unique path when it comes to your entrance into electronic dance music. So I think I would love to just start off. Um, could you just talk a little bit about your background and kind of um, how did you initially get into music? Into music? Well, it was actually very simple. When I was three years old, my parents just brought me to the to the piano lessons. And so I started to learn the piano from three to 12, and then I quit the, the lessons and I continued by having bands, composing for my bands and um, yeah, and you know, having garage and rock bands and you know, that kind of things. And then later um, I started to club. And when I, when I started to doing that, um, I noticed that we didn't need a garage anymore or we didn't need a drummer to be on time or a guitarist to be able to play whatever you you would write you would write for him so uh it was super cool because i could finally do music all day long with my computer so so i i switched to electron electronic music for that and also for i mean for the the infinity of possibilities that that you have when you do electronic music. So, so yeah, I got, I got many different approach of music and every time it has been very um, rich and very uh, teaching me a lot of things. And is there anyone else in your family who kind of comes from that musical background who kind of serves as an inspiration for you? Yeah, my father was, he, well, I mean, he's still a guitarist, but he's um, self-taught, so he's not professional. But of course, when I was younger, I was seeing him like jamming and enjoying himself so much on the guitar that I wanted to do the, the, the same as he does. So, so yeah, he, he, he does that. But my whole family always has been a very huge support for me, uh, encouraging me always to, to pursue a, a music path, a music career. I, I guess they always believed in me. So that's the, the, it always felt very good to do it. That's fantastic. And, you know, I've been I've been taking a look at your sets been really getting into it as I've been watching kind of all the instrumentation you kind of use throughout your sets. So could you just take us through number one, kind of a timeline of the instruments that you do play and kind of when you started for each of them? Oh, well, actually, I can only play the piano. Oh, OK. But I write for everyone. Uh, so I, I, as I told you, I stopped um, I stopped the lesson, the piano lessons when I was 12. But then uh, I, it's, it's the fact of writing for guitars, basses, drums, etc. It, it taught me a lot of things. And then after that, uh, when I started to really decide that I wanted to bring orchestral instruments, classical instruments into my music, 
then I had to learn again how to how to do it because it's very specific. You know, some some instruments are very very specific. Like you you can't blow in a trumpet for hours, for example. The the, the guy has to breathe, right? That's kind of details that that I had to to learn and how to write for a clarinet or for you know that's very specific so so i mean i couldn't i am not able to play a single note of clarinet of course but uh, it's uh, it's it's very it's very nice for me and i i love to to get myself out of my comfort zone and always discuss speak with these guys you know clarinetist or or whoever i mean violinist and so they can Tell me, you see here, it's more difficult if I play it like that, like how you wrote, because I sing like a pianist, you know, and and so they show me another way, and then I I, I learn from them, and and I really want to do that because I don't want to use any anybody that would arrange my music. I don't like that. I want to do everything by myself. So so it's a real pleasure to 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 learn from these guys, and uh, I've been very lucky to find awesome musicians all all the way from 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 a long time ago to here. So, so they, they were very patient with me. That's awesome. And you studied at conservatory, correct? Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience, what that was like and kind of how that influenced um, your voice as an artist today? Well, uh, you know, I have a very weird path actually because um, I started conservatory and also um, uh, private lessons. And so since I was too young, I, I went to private lessons first. Okay, and so it was a little bit different because this this guy, uh, he, my teacher, he was teaching me, of course, uh, music music theory, but also uh, he would always ask me, okay, what piece, what track do you want to learn today, you know? And he would play it and, and I, I got to choose it. And then a few years later, I started to go to conservatory. And of course, it was so different. It was more, really more strict. You know, we would have uh, actually, even the first year I went there, they, they told me, no, you're, you're not going to touch a piano before one or two years. And I, I was already able to play the piano. So it was for me, it was weird, you know, so I didn't stay there for a long time. Um, but um, but I keep I, I kept going to the um, to the private lessons because I don't know we had this connection with this guy and it was it was really really cool because I think more than music theory at this moment I think I needed more passion and this guy taught me passion you know and this is as important because you know what I'm gonna tell you like. Last, uh, I think three years ago, I, I, I taught, I gave lessons at a con conservatory. So I, I, I was a teacher of composition. I wanted to, to see what it was like to, to do that. And actually, I noticed that very often kids, they don't really know why they're learning things, you know. And so if you don't tell them, they can't get passionate about it, right? And it's very important, of course, that the, that's the first thing to get passion. Otherwise, you don't you don't want to work it, right? You don't want to work for it because you don't get you you don't get the point. So I, I think this guy, yeah, he really taught me passion, and and that's very important for me because then that's why I I kept going for hours and having uh, long nights on the piano and composing and and becoming what I what I became today.
Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually good. It kind of leads well into my next question, which was going to be, what is the moment where you realized you fell in love with dance music? Is, um, did it happen over time? Was there kind of a state singular moment that you realized you were kind of interested in making that transition from more classically trained music to um, electronic dance? Uh, no, at first I, I kind of fell in love with um, actually harder style, like uh, hard style. Uh, you know, I was I was getting out of a, a teenager passion for metal music and that kind of things. You know, I, I had a lot of metal bands and and so I, I got out of that and and I found hard style and I don't even remember all this this. The, the name that describe it, but it it was like very ton one ton one ton, you know, yeah. <laughs> very hard. <laughs> so um, I love that because I thought, okay, that was full of energy, and I saw also I I kind of fell in love with the community as well, you know, going into a club, seeing these people dressing in a different way that they would dress in the street, and I, I found that very interesting that the the this community thing. So I was start I started to go clubbing every weekend and I eventually I even um, got a job there you know because I wanted to stay there and I wanted to I needed money to 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 pay the the, the entrances and so I thought okay why not why not work there you know and so I was just posting flyers and that kind of things you know and one day I saw um, Eric Fritz play mm -hmm. and this guy you know every weekend I would see different DJs but they would always play what was trendy, you know? And yeah. so in some ways it was kind of similar every weekend. You could have this British guy and then Dutch guy and whatever, but it was pretty similar at the end, you know? Kind of playing the charts, the top 10 charts or 100 charts of Beatport or whatever. And when I saw Eric Pritz, this guy, he arrived and he played only his own tracks, only his own music. And I thought, okay, fuck, first of all, it's incredible. I mean, this guy is incredibly talented. Because I, I really fell in love with the Prida productions, you know? And, uh, and, and second of all, he brings us into his world. He's not just proposing uh, to play tracks that we already know by heart and that we, we already have in our cars or whatever. No, he, he brings his own stuff and he proposes a new world for us. So in this case, if this exists and if this is a load, <laughs> I want to try that as well. And so for the first time I connected music, really music and what I knew from music to, 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 to clubbing. And so I wanted to try and then I tried it. And that was the beginning of a very nice adventure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I have a couple of questions about kind of your, your perspective on clubbing and club culture. But, you know, first I want to ask to kind of give, give the listeners a little bit of a, a sense of your style. You know, in 2015, Billboard had kind of called your music serious techno with a light touch. Um, but you have, I think, such a distinct sound that I would like to know from you. How would you describe your music? My music? Mm. Mm. I think what I try to do is um, is to keep the energy of electronic music mm -hmm. and also add the warmth and um, and uh, the emotion of classical music. 
So I try to combine both of the of these worlds. Uh, I mean, classical and films music as well. It's not only classical because classical is of course very old so it's not always the case it's more films music some somehow but so yeah i think in in electronic music what we kind of miss what we kind of lack is this emotion sometimes and that's what i try to feel with the classical instruments so that's that's how i see my music Absolutely. And um, back to the idea of kind of this community that's created from the club scene around dance music. Would love to hear from you, Oracles. How has the dance music community kind of reacted to your style? Um, obviously, it's something a little bit fresh, different, maybe um, similar to you kind of showing up at the club one night and kind of hearing that new sound. A lot of people are, you know, coming to the clubs that you play at and, you know, might not be fam might not be familiar, might not be used to the type of sound that you're putting out there. So we'd love to just hear about, you know, how the how the community has reacted to your style. So. Um, so let's say I'm going to speak about Europe because here here I know in the US I'm kind of new, I'm like a newcomer, but in, in Europe I've been. I've been working my career for a long time now, quite almost 10 years, I think even more than 10 years. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, let's say I started by by producing techno. So I was in the in, in, a, in a very square genre. And then I added a little more melodies to that. And then finally, eventually, I, I brought a little bit of classical instruments little by little. And I also brought my keyboard on stage. So uh, I think I've been always, I, I always had a lot of support from my fans and I've, I've been very lucky about that. But of course, uh, sometimes I noticed that I, I wasn't, uh, you know what is hard to, to, when you do that, when you bring an, an instrument on stage is that you don't know where to put the fader. Right. You don't know if you want to have more electronic music or more classical instrument. And this is very different because a lot of these guys, they just want to go to a club and dance. Right. Yeah. Some others. No, they want to have a, a concert. So you have to find the right balance in between the two. And of course, I didn't find it right away. Mm -hmm. I worked for that. And it's always my struggle. It's always my problem. And and. and the, the big question mark is always for every track, for every performance, am I playing enough piano? Am I playing too much piano? Is it like, I mean, I heard sometimes, you know, when I started to do that, some people saying, man, I love your music, but I'm not coming to a, a piano concert, right? Yes. And I, I, I completely get it, I completely get it, it's normal. So I kind of work that and, um, I think, of course, now I'm after doing that for, I mean, I play with the piano for maybe six or seven years now. And it, I know a little more how to do it. And I know that I have to bring it just a little bit. So you want more, you know, but yeah. it's, it's, it's something that you learn year, year after year. So... What I try to do now, my goal, my my goal is to every time, even though you don't know my music, even though you you're not familiar with that kind of music or whatever, I want you, I want to bring you into my world and to show you, look at that. It's maybe not what you listen to, but it can be cool as well. 
and I, I, it's a it's a whole world that I, I that I propose to you, and I hope for one hour and a half or two hours you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right? I try to make it special. That's that's my goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a really interesting consideration that trying to kind of find that right balance between the crowd that's there to go to a club, listen to music, have the music music be the wallpaper to their Saturday night versus somebody who's coming to actually see you perform and kind of, you know, um, you know, play the keyboard and kind of do all those things. So I think um, that's, a, that's really, really interesting. Um, and I'm sure challenging part of your job. It is, it's, it's very challenging. Yeah. Because it's uh, you never, you never won the game. Actually, you, you never win the game. You always have it to restart and every weekend is different. And of course it's, it's super nice for me to, arrive here with all that all those years in my in my bags because it also um i also have to propose to a new crowd here in the us that doesn't really know me my stuff and and my 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 past in some ways you know so so it's very interesting to see how people react Mm -hmm. and i've been i've been for now i've been very very lucky and the people seem to enjoy it so so i'm happy Absolutely. And as you're kind of, you know, expanding in the U.S. and touring here, you know, you're currently on a tour in the U.S. right now. Um, are you finding that you're kind of falling back on the stuff that you know a little bit better, some of your older tracks, things like that? Or are you really taking this as an opportunity to experiment with this new crowd? Um, let's say I always allow myself a little part of experimentation. But I'm also very, uh, very focused on my goal, which is to, to give the best show I can. So I'm not going to sacrifice any show to experiment, right? Yeah. So that's why at every show I try to, I try one thing or two, but not like changing the whole thing. No, I want to have the best show ever, every day, every day I play. So it's not possible to just change everything. Yeah, I totally understand there. And um, that kind of leads me into what I want to ask Neckworkles. You know, I've watched a few of your sets, really incredible stuff. And the one that really comes to mind is your circle set where you were actually backed by, I think it was a 40 piece live orchestra as you were playing, which was just incredible to me. Could you talk a little bit about number one, that performance? And then Secondly, what goes in, what's your creative process for something like that? So uh, we did actually a whole tour with the orchestra mm-hmm. and uh, it was in Europe and it was, yeah, it was huge. It was great. I mean, I loved it and, and it was a wonderful experience. And I think that's the ultimate version of my life. And that's really what I want to, I want to do this live every day i mean that's that's really what that's my goal to to finish doing only lives like that with the orchestra and um i had the idea for a long time but of course uh it costs a lot of money to produce so you you need to bring enough people uh in the crowd to to make it happen right so that's reality (laughs) unfortunately but yeah i mean how how did i do that i mean i always compose in my my own tracks with uh classical parts so there are uh there are violins already there are woodwinds there are there are uh brass there there is already all that kind of things in in my tracks so i just had to write it down 
to give them to give them that. I mean, for me, it was exactly the same as the um, as the the keyboard electronic balance. Exactly the same is that you have two worlds. Of course, every track is composed to be played with all these instruments, so you don't have to really to to rethink that. But of course, it's a show, so you have you need sometimes to have. Um, let's say beautiful uh, 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 string parts, let's say, and other parts, a big drop with only electronic music. And you have to find the right balance, right? To always surprise your crowd and to always keep them interested in your, in your thing. So, so it, was, it was quite a long job because I did a whole album. Uh, it took me some one year and a half or something like that to compose. And then it took me maybe six months to write uh, the show and uh, organize the rehearsals and everything. And, and then finally do, do this tour. Um, but I'll do it again, for sure. I'm actually working on it. So I'm excited. I really can't wait because you know what, what's the, a little bit frustrating with that kind of show is that once you wrote it, you have to go for it. You're, you're not going to change everything, you know, because it would imply so many changes. I mean, when I play by my own, I can just decide to change something. But when you have this whole orchestra behind you, you have to write down the, uh, everything again. So that's, that's quite a mess. So now that I had the experience of the first tour, I'm writing new things with this experience. So I really can't wait to have the second version of the, of the orchestra coming. Awesome. Looking forward to that. And um, I want to ask, it can either be from this tour or, you know, really any gig you've ever played. Um, do you have a favorite gig that you've ever played or one that really stands out, whether that was from early in your career or, you know, more recent? Uh, I had several, but uh, I think um, I think the circle one was very, very helpful because it was very hard to play because it was the beginning of our tour and we weren't really on point yet. But still, I mean, it was very, very helpful to show my music to the world. And um, and yeah, I have a couple of, of memories like that uh, in Europe with particularly with this tour, because I think, of course, I like my, my solo shows, but it's not the same, you know, when you taste, uh, once you taste the, the, um, the shows with uh, scenography, with lights, with, uh, you know, it's like, it's like defending something really. It's like you're defending like a movie, like if you if you wrote a book or something like that, you know, it's a whole project. It's not only just going to a club and and do some animation when you once you tried that, it's like really you present something. Here's what I did for the past two years. See, so I like that. I like to, you know, to work in details and and try to try, try to improve a show until I, I played in front of people and that's that's very that's that's life <laughs> that's wonderful i love it yeah absolutely and you know you kind of just mentioned you're working on version kind of 2.0 of kind of that show um is there anything else on the horizon for you next you know how else are you planning to continue to push the envelope of dance music yeah i'm writing i'm writing a new album in the meantime so I'm going to release it at the end of this year. And, uh, and I'm super excited about it, really. 
Awesome. And um, want to be sure to ask where it goes. Um, what other kind of inspirations do you have, um, musical inspirations do you have um, that have really influenced your sound and style? Do you have anybody, um, whether it's a DJ, kind of a classical musician, a producer, um, who you really look up to and are inspired by? Many, many, and in, in very different uh, genres, actually. Um, of course, I love a lot of composers like Hans Zimmer or, uh, 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 I mean, a, a lot of them, like John Williams, um, or I love also uh, very different stuff like um, Skrillex, for example. I mean, I love Skrillex. This guy is super, super talented. And... Um, I like different things. Like I, 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 I really enjoy Bossa Nova as well. You know, so I, I have this kind of very large, uh, it's very wide, you know, I can, I, I never know what I'm going to listen to. It's, uh, but, but weirdly, I don't really listen to a lot of electronic music, maybe because I work in that. And so every day I'm, I'm, I'm producing my own, but um yeah, apart from diff very different genres like drum and bass or, or, or dubstep or, you know, it's very rare that I listen to electronic music. But otherwise, yeah, I think uh, if I would name only one, I would say Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer is a, he's a genius, really. Fantastic. And kind of a bit of a related question that we like to kind of ask all the artists um, that we spotlight. Can you name a track that's been um, instrumental in um, kind of your, your development as a dance music artist? A track that I didn't do, right? A track. Yeah. A track. I, I, I don't think I really got the question, sorry. Yeah. Um, can you name a track um, from another artist that's been instrumental in kind of your development as, as an artist? Ah, uh, of course, especially in the beginning. I think when I when I started, I yeah, um, what, there is this one track that I loved, uh, Ame uh, from Ame Reg, R E G. I love this track. It's incredible, and uh, I mean I have a lot in mind. Like Who Killed Sparky from Sasha. Mm -hmm. I have many tracks uh, from from Prida. Of course, this guy is a genius. And I don't know, I like many things, like from Paul Carboner to um, Extravelt. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, I mean, these guys were are in minimal and they, they're so, so good. So, I mean, I have many different, I had many different influences as well. And, uh, and uh, but now I don't want to do it anymore because I would be afraid to copy, you know. So, I mean, I would be afraid to be too much influenced, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, so yeah, so that's why, that's why now I listen more to other kinds of music so I can just mix everything that I like into my, my stuff. Hey, yeah, that's, that's always a, always a solution for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Oracles, you know, this has been a really great conversation. I'm super excited for your upcoming projects. Um, Thanks a lot. Especially as we've been talking about, you know, you have such a deep history when it comes to the club scene and kind of uniting all these different different um, communities within dance music. So um, want to, first and foremost, thank you for being on Gray Area today. We, Thanks we a lot. Thanks a lot for inviting me. It was a pleasure.
And before we formally sign off, actually what we want to do is some rapid fire questions with you. So I have about a list of 12 questions prepared here. It's just going to be this or that, or um, kind of ask you to name something. So we're just going to rattle them off right now. You ready? Okay, it has to be quick. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, number one is coffee or tea? Coffee. All right. Cats or dogs? Cats. House or techno? Uh, techno. What is the ideal BPM for a track? <gasps> Man, I can't answer. Actually, that's pretty much the whole concept of my new album is like to don't give a, a hell to, to BPMs. I want to break that. So I really don't have, like if you come to my show, you, you will see that I can play from 100 to 160. So I can't answer that. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, the answer is yes. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, next, intimate club or festival? Intimate club. All right. Vegas or Miami? Never been to Vegas. So I'd say, I'd say Miami. All right. Um, favorite color? Blue. Least favorite food? Uh, Indian food. All right. Finish the sentence. Before I die, I want to blank. <sighs> that's hard. You're getting deep. That yeah, that's deep. <laughs> um, oh my god, man. I don't know. I feel like I have a new dream every 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 year. You know, I, I'm I'm super lucky. So I I got to. I got them, you know, my dreams and it, it's not dreams anymore. It's goals, you know, so, so I don't, I really, I really don't know before. Okay. Before, before I die, I want to have an orchestral tour here in the U S. All right. There we go. Yeah. I will have to, I'll be there. All right. Yeah. right. Guilty pleasure TV show. Oh my, I have so many. Um, guilty pleasure TV show, a show, uh, not a movie, a show. Movie too. Yeah. Uh, I guess I watched Emily in Paris, man. It's very guilty pleasure. <laughs> I have to admit, I did it. That's a great answer. And finally, um, last question for you. Uh, where is your happy place? Home. Home, actually, with my, with my family, with my cats. And uh, yeah, home in Provence, in the south of France. Awesome. Well, I think that's an... Great note to end on, Morkles. Thank you so much for joining us on Gray Area. This is an awesome conversation and um, look forward to seeing what you're going to do next. Thanks a lot, mate. It really was a pleasure. Thank you for everything.